Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. to Pagans Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Lunatic Mondays, Lunes Lunaticos. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I am going very much a lunatic tonight because I was trying to upload an audio. I was trying to have a song ready for you. And this uh, machine is just not cooperating with me. I am having technical difficulties in house and there is nothing more frustrating than that. Um, I would like to ask the people in the chat room if you can hear me correctly. If there is no any audio situations there, please uh, give me a little emoticon, a happy face or something, so I know that you're hearing me correctly. And while you do that, I will expect you to show me that you're alive, that you can hear me. There is Lourdes Santiago. Okay, Lourdes, you can hear me well, right? Uh, hello to all the guests. Hello, Lourdes Santiago. Uh, infaltable. Mwah. Thank you, Lourdes, for being here. Thank you, Narda, for being here also, my amazing uh, student and friend, friend and, and, and former student, I should say. Anyway, tonight we have a show that is fantastic. I mean, I have, I was calling them the all-star team because they are indeed all-stars and uh, they are wonderful people, magical people. Uh, Narda, say more or less. I guess it's uh, getting a little weird. I hope we can fix this and, and that you can all hear us correctly. But anyway, let me introduce you to my guests tonight. Tonight we have the most amazing Rosemary Nostelic. Uh, Rosemary Nostelic, I'm sorry. Um, she's a living work of art in perpetual motion or on a romantic huntress of the night, multidimensional artist occultist, priestess, witch, and shadow worker, fine arts visionary, intergalactic creatrix of sight, sound, and movement, polemic priestess, astrologer, iconoclast, new and futurist, occult preconduit of the mysteries, Shaolin martial arts, and overall oracular warrioress. Rosemary Ostelic is an initiate on many of secret orders and eclectic paths spanning over two decades, she has seasoned experience unfolding within diverse magical contexts, including um, honor placements of leadership and practical on realms of the OTO, the FOE, Oasis of the Temple Offset Serpentarius, the Multifarious Path of Witchcraft, the devotee of the Luciferian Current and Practitioner, of Shaolin Kung Fu, a student of the 35th generation Shaolin discipline, Chi Shang Do, uh, and first assistant instructor on the Shaolin Temple Guan Fa Institute, a member of International and Association of Artists and of Imagination, exhibiting her fine art internationally, occult, integrity, visionary, spirituality, 
cosmic consciousness and living by Thalemic philosophies are but a few aspects that are of primary importance to her, with a vision of reverence and fierce agape at its center. Rosemary Selleck is a multidisciplinary artist and graduate of McMaster's University in Canada, holding two honors BA degrees in fine arts and art history, respectively, with a minor degree in religious studies specializing in cross-cultural spirituality. Feminist witchcraft, transpersonal mysticism, mysticism, astrology, and the tarot. That is just to mention a few of her very many accomplishments. And of course, we also have Jesha Matthews. And for her, we have, of course, my computer don't want to work. Jesha Matthews is a pilgrim, a mystic, and a witch who follows where the muse calls her on a lifelong journey of learning. She is presiding high priestess of Coma Juar Pagan Congregation, which has over 15 member temples in the West Coast USA, a frequent presenter of events such as Pantheon Glastonbury Goddess Conference and Northern California Women's Herbal Symposium. Jisha is uh, committed to serving the sacred in all beings, she shares what she learns via writings, classes, ceremonies, and consultations. Part historian, part inventor, part oracle, she helps people mindfully articulate their vital roles in our co-creative collaborative reality. Her current project, a book called Priestess Maxims for a Life of a Sacred Service, is currently being workshopped on Patreon. So uh, without further ado, I will say... Hello, I will say hi tonight to Rosmarinas. Rosmarina Selig, how are you, my love? 93s, my beautiful lady, and I am honored to be here. Cosmic blessings. Uh, thank you for being here, and Joshua, there you are. How are you, darling? How are you doing tonight? Hello, I'm well. It's nice to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here to both of you. And I promise you, when when you try to have everything perfect, it's exactly when things are not um, going perfect. I am so embarrassed because I uh, read an updated biography um, on Jesha and I would like to apologize for that. There were some mistakes on the biography that I read. Um, I don't know if you want to correct those in, on the air, or should we just move on? We can just move on. I'll send you a link later. Thanks so much for noticing. That was a, a, a much older bio. But it's okay. I'm, uh, you know, I'm still a priestess and a goddess person. and you know, Of course. Here of to course. have fun with you. And it is so much fun to, to have you guys. I am uh, drowning here. Uh, on my own sorrows because I had acquired a beautiful poem that I wanted to share with everybody tonight and with the public and my computer is just not working it's not uploading it um, on for one for another one um, I unfortunately never received um, some emails that I was supposed to have received before and I am solely embarrassed, but let's move on. And into beautiful, wonderful things, the International Congress of Witchcraft and 
uh, magic, the the brainchild of Ness Bosch, and she said this was something that was born out of her creativity. Uh, right after she did some work with the um, FOI, I think. Yes, yes, it was a fellowship of ISIS. And she decided to do this congress, this international uh, Titanic, uh, you know, congress, inviting a lot of people. So every one of us has a different experience on how we get involved in this little, little, <laughs> in this huge international uh, work. So I would like to ask you all, how was the process? How did you get invited? So, Jeshua, if you want to uh, tell us first, how did it all happen? Oh, sure. Um, well, first of all, Ness is just a force of nature. So anytime she has an idea that, you know, she brings to me, I'm always excited to hear what it is. And so um, it was that I just received this sort of mysterious message on Facebook Messenger saying, I've got this idea and I want to put this together and I'm going to be reaching out to you soon. Are you interested in doing this? And I sent back and I said, well, sure. And then we had, um, you know, a a lot of just um, kind of exchange about how she wanted the event to feel and the kinds of topics she wanted us to bring to the table. And when I then saw the um, guest list, I felt like, oh, I see exactly what's going on here. She found some really witchy witches who are not afraid to share uh, and to get really uh, down and into their practice. So I'm very excited to be part of it and to listen to everybody's contributions. That is awesome, and we. Uh, this is not the first time that we worked together. Uh, you and I worked. It's funny because people learn about belief. This is actually the second time we actually talked to each other live, though we know of each other for, for quite a while because we participated on the um, Day of the Goddess, the International Goddess Day conference that we did with Christian Ortiz yes. back in 2000. Yes. 17 if I'm not mistaken and that's right and that's one of those things that um, people think when we work together we are like holding hands and kumbaya together into the night and it is so it is a blessing to work online and to work remotely but it's also sometimes a, a challenge because I cannot believe we have worked together this is our second project that we are actually involved somehow and this is only like the second or third time if I'm not mistaken that we are actually speaking to each other live isn't that amazing it is it's pretty amazing I think that's just sort of the world we live in now so much happens online ever since moving to the country uh, around here people are kind of like they email you in person you know they show up at your place and uh, talk to you about stuff or they, you know, come over and it, it's so different. You know, it, I think with our online world, we're sort of close and yet far at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, it is wonderful to have you here. And finally, and then also to let people know, since we had already penciled this down and to keep them interested <laughs> that you are coming back on December 10 
to have a show all of your own. And we're going to talk about Dear Mother. And would you yeah. like to give them a little yeah. bit of a teaser of what what is that Dear Mother? What are we going to talk about on December 10th? Well, the Dear Mother is, of course, a goddess for all seasons. She's uh, got her budding antler season and her full antler season. This is like the reindeer mother. And then the reindeer females keep their antlers longer than the males so they can protect their young. And so she's got magic in every season. But often we think of the Dear Mother, I think, most around Yule because people, you know, are, are kind of in the in the Christmas spirit or the Yule spirit, and they think about the um, you know, association of reindeer with that holiday. So I thought it would, you know, just be in the spirit of the season to bring a little information about the different manifestations of this mysterious deer mother. Because it's, once you start to scratch the surface, you start to find her everywhere in different shapes and forms. But the woman with antlers, the goddess who transforms into a deer or runs wild with the deer. You really find her all over the world in multiple different cultures. So I thought I would just come and share a couple of stories about the deer mother in her various different manifestations. And then um, you know, talk a little bit about what it's like to work with her as uh, a sort of a, a, a theriomorphic deity who has the aspects of both human and animal nature. And, of course, we cannot wait for time to come and have you here on our show, all of your own, and, of course, doing some divination. And, and uh, I know you're celebrating that you recently achieved the 5,000 and some very big change mantra and repetition of your devotional for Kuan Yin that is such a gargantuan uh, project. I really admire your dedication and your discipline. Can you, for those who live under a rock and don't know that you do this daily devotionals, can you tell us how did you get into this practice and, and what inspired you to do it publicly to, to share with everyone? Uh, thank you. Yeah, we recently reached... Um, 50,000 recitations of their two mantras in the practice, Namo Guanxi and Pusa and Om Mani Peme Hum. And each of these is um, related to creation of compassion in the world. So I um, woke up one morning in, let's see, I started this two years and two months ago. So in 2016, uh, summer of 2016, I woke up one morning and I just got online and I did it because I felt like um, the Internet is a place where it's really easy to forget the necessity of compassion. Sometimes when we're in person, it's easier to remember to be compassionate. But when somebody that you know, as you know, you're mentioning before, somebody you know online is basically just a collection of words on a screen and not necessarily known to you well as a person, it can get really easy to just treat words on a screen like words on a screen and to kind of dehumanize and attack. And so I got this sort of inspiration that I would just do my practice 
and that I would be doing it either way. So I would just share it online because I've, for many years, um, led uh, chanting classes and groups, and I really enjoy chanting. And so, you know, I like to make that available if if people want to. So I I just kind of got started, and the typical um, the typical goal for a, an accumulation practice of mantra is a hundred thousand recitations, and it's a little bit tricky to say it that way because. It's not really a goal. You know, when you say 100,000 recitations, what you basically mean is I'm going to do this long enough that it becomes such a regular part of my life that I stop counting, right? But at the same time, here in the West, we kind of like our scorecards and our dance cards and our bulletin boards with, you know, tables and numbers lined up. So I decided, well, I would launch an accumulation practice of 100,000 mantras and then um, once it was accomplished at a hundred thousand, I'll go along with, um, you know, maybe continuing to do it, maybe changing it. I'll just sort of feel what the inspiration is. Maybe I'll stop altogether. I'm not sure, but it was interesting because I started that just before the election of the most recent president. And as it turns out, it looks like we'll culminate the practice right about the time that we, um, inaugurate the next president. And so it's turned into, for me, also a practice for um, sanity in these extremely uncertain political times that are so dangerous. And, and again, it's an opportunity to bring compassion um, during these times because many people are suffering. So that's a little bit of the story behind it. And as it's gone along, there's also been a sort of a growing uh, side project, but it's sort of integrated of um, wanting to build a shrine here somewhere in Mount Shasta, California, with a thousand statues of Guanyin that have been donated from people who are devotees of hers or who want to petition her for help or support or assistance or who want to say thank you for her presence in their lives. And so that is coming along. I mean, you know, it's it, that part came along a little bit later and um, so far we've collected 36 statues at most recent count and I plan to in the spring do a, a, a push to collect some more and I'm starting the process it's a slow process but I'm hoping to have the, this in place by the time we're done with 100,000 recitations that there will be like a, a, an actual place where we can host these statues so that the public can come and see them. So there are a couple places around that Shasta that I'm considering and I, you know, I'm just taking one step at a time. That sounds like a, such a fantastic project. And I'm here uh, with a smile from ear to ear because I can only imagine uh, the energy of a place with all the statues. And of course the, the devotion that everybody will bring um, giving that offer into to the goddess. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And I am going to ask you a little bit more about the project that you shared for the um, International Symposium. Uh, um, God, I cannot say one thing correctly tonight. Uh, Rosemary <laughs> Nuselic. Yes. <laughs> it's it's uh, International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic. You know, I'm going to come out clean. And I'm going to say it because otherwise this is going to eat me up all night. 
Have you all heard the poem from Fleecy Malay that is called Witches? That it made its rounds around uh, Women's Day on March 8th, and it went viral. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful poem. It's very empowering for women. It's called Witches. And Fleecy came to Pagan's Radio Network, and we interviewed her and all that. And then yesterday, I asked her permission to play the poem on our show tonight. And she agreed, and I have the empathy and everything. And I'm, I've been trying to upload it for the last hour, and it's not uploading. And the fact that I'm not going to be able to play it, that tonight that I have my all-star team of guests, I'm not going to be able to play you this beautiful poem is eating me up. And because my mind is on that frustration, I have made like 20 million mistakes from eight o'clock to eight twenty. <laughs> so there is out in the open. I'm not going to be able to play it. Wah, wah, wah. Let me cry. And now move on. <laughs> so thank you so much all for understanding. Thank you, Jessie, for being so supportive. And uh, again, I apologize to you profusely. Moving on. Uh, my no dear, worries. Not at all. Thank you so much. Uh, and I was going to say a little later, we're going to ask you actually about the, the um, to give us a little teaser of what you sent for the International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic. But now I want to move uh, with Rosemarina Stelic. And Rosemarina, you are a veteran of this show. You've been here a number of times. We are happy to have you back as always. I am very honored to call you also my friend and to have you on our show and I want to know also the under the belly uh, information about how you got involved into this uh, amazing project of the International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic. Well, I want to thank you for welcoming me back. Um, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in eons. <clears throat> And uh, there is so much going on that I'm trying to rock my brains as to what to hit first. So I just want to take this moment to thank you so much for having me back on your epic show. It is brilliant, as always. And um, to say that it was through you and my presence on Lunatic Mondays that I ended up meeting Ness between yourself and uh, Christian um, and received that illustrious invitation in my personal email to participate in the International Congress. And there were so many synchronicities unfolding at the time, and I was utterly elated to say yes. Um, and this actually goes back to about 2016, this whole progress, this process, because um, I had been doing a lot of deepening uh, with the goddess Babylon. Since then, I did a performance with an extremely visionary and, and talented musician who goes by the name of Aaron J. Cunningham. He is in a band called Sins, and he's currently residing in Berlin. <clears throat> and he um, he had reached out to me to ask if I would participate in an invocation 
of Babylon set to his music, which uh, unfolded in 17 magical minutes. It was very profound. That basically started the wave that led me straight to an essay contribution uh, reflecting upon Babylon for the Congress. So it's a very interesting uh, two-year cycle for me. That's uh, found an incredibly powerful zenith in my personal occult work. So many threads of synchronicity. That's just one tiny little hint, but I speak about that in the essay that I contribute, contributed rather. Yeah. It is, it is amazing. And it fills my heart that um, I always tell people, and I know you guys are going to laugh about this because I am the most insect phobic and arachnid phobic person that ever existed. I mean, I thought I was being a little overreacting at one point, but by, by now I'm sure it's a full blown um, phobia of these little animals. And yet I have shared so much and I'm very blessed with the wisdom of the grandmother spider and to see her in action through us, Time and time again, I'm elated to hear, Rosemarinas, that you met Ness through the work with it with Christian Ortiz. For those who don't know, Christian Ortiz is my mentor and partner in magic and all things work, international work for witchcraft and paganism and the goddess um, tradition. And we have been, he and I have been working international for like, uh, nine years now, and we have done a number of um, products, you know, to serve both the Spanish and the English-speaking uh, neo-pagans and, and witches. And it is amazing how those connections uh, call you to the next person and the next person and the next project. And I'm sure that Christian Ortiz and Nes Bosch, whom are the ones putting this uh, Congress together, will be so happy to know that, that that was mentioned here as I am happy right now with a smile mm-hmm. from ear to ear. Mm-hmm. And um, and also, Rosemarinas, you have been very busy because you are um, involved very much so on your preparation as a, I don't want to butcher it because I have made enough mistakes already, but the um, martial arts practice that you practice. Tell us a little bit about it and the correct name, please. Well, there are several very important milestones that are coming to pass this year. And um, the thing that you're mentioning is the uh, my personal practice of uh, Shaolin Kung Fu. I have been preparing for a year, which is now I've now reached the precipice of an extremely important journey I'm about to take. I've been preparing for a year to participate in what is known as the 12th Zhengzhou Shaolin Wushu Olympics in the Far East. So I wanted to save this announcement for your radio station that in 16 days I'm going to be... uh, 
flying to China for just a little over two weeks to participate in an extremely important uh, international Shaolin Kung, Kung Fu Olympics in front of 60,000 people. Um, wow. It's definitely humbling and overwhelming, and there has been a lot of work that has gone into it. Simultaneously with that has been the work that has gone into, um, of course, the International Congress, as well as the Witchfest North that we are about to speak about in the hours or the minutes to come. Uh, I have also been engaged in an extremely important correspondence with a cherished freighter who goes by the name of uh, Magus Praxis. He has reached out to me to engage in some extremely important work that will unfold in the year to come involving uh, publishing uh, personal occult notes and artwork through a company he is going to be launching around Samhain, actually, for an October 30th, 2018. So keep an eye out for um, Praxis Publishing Company. You can see all about it through the website of uh, praxispublishingcompany.com. And I'm extremely honored and elated to partake in this because there are extremely secret and very deep, intense occult imagery, art, drawings that I've kept in my own personal labyrinth of the self. And I feel like I've reached a place where I'm ready to share them with the world. So many, many threads of things coming together. And this is extremely profound for me because I've also been deepening my personal um, priestessing in a, on a shamanic capacity with uh, Yesha, as I've been participating with her in her deepening of a secret online course known as uh, Woman Shaman Priestess. And my personal totem that I've been working with has very much been with the weaver, with the spider, who is mm. extremely sacred to me and has appeared in extremely visceral ways. Um, first time she revealed herself was at the Goddess Spirit Rising Festival, which, of course, uh, Yesha, you and I had attended. Um, it was extremely powerful. Uh, so when I first came across the medicine of the Black Widow, she presented herself to me very present, very present, very much in my space. And I sat with her in meditation for 45 minutes. Kind of put the universe in perspective for me. So yeah, there's so many complex threads coming together for me that are profound. Um, and I'm striving to keep up with the waves, the cosmic tsunamis, Um the best I can. It is amazing how this uh, little, for some people, they might they might sound like little synchronicities, but for us, um, and I, I will there and include you in this statement. 
all these little synchronicities that are huge. There are huge um, accomplishments and, and the hand of the goddess obviously weaving in and out these threats for all of us to be here together. I cannot believe I, I have to keep pinching myself that I have Jesh Matthews, Rosemary Stelic, Monica Budersky, and Kari Tottering on the same show the same night. It is amazing. And um, going a little bit into the more mundane aspect of things, which I don't think it's possible to separate. I strongly believe when once you lead a magical life, everything you do is magic. Uh, but, Jesha, you have a shop on your side of the world. And I want you to tell us a little bit about your shop and, and when is it open and where it is it and what what can we find over there on your place? Oh, sure. Um, well, I, you know, just I want to say briefly, you know, as you're saying, well, you can't believe you have all of these women here on the show with you. We get to be with you. So Exactly. You know, it's, yes, it's, I agree. It's a two-way street. <laughs> we get to be with you. So, I mean, here I'm I'm thinking, wow, and she was like, interviewed for a TV show the other day and like yes. I, you know I'm I'm pretty and she's doing all this work with Circle Sanctuary and like leveling up it's really exciting so you know we yes. can we can appreciate each other and this is actually for me like uh, exactly leading into your question like exactly why we would do anything which is to support women uh, right. particularly that's my focus is supporting women and so I support women-owned businesses, and I support women-owned companies, and I support women-led temples. And, you know, so for me, the, the step in my life that became necessary after 20 years in the nonprofit sector, or, you know, almost 20 years in the nonprofit sector, um, as a fundraiser and as a health educator and in a couple of different roles, I came to a point where it was really important for me to um, – Live my, live my own dreams and just to follow my path, even if it was something that people thought was kind of crazy. And so I did. And I had, um, you know, this vision or this sort of, you know, not, not a vision like an oracular vision, but just more like this imagined, <clears throat> excited state where I wanted to start a store for crystals and magical things and beautiful things. And that what I really wanted was for it to be an experience for people. And so I've created environments to this end in Oakland and in Portland, but now my business is completely located um, in McLeod, uh, California, which is 10 miles outside Mount Shasta. And um, McLeod is an interesting little town. There's a lot of history there, and a lot of the history there is not good. Uh, there's, you know, been a lot of um, land land uh, grabs from the Native American people of this region, and there's been logging, and um, of course there's the ever-present threat and reality of forest fires, and I went to this town, and at the same time, there's like these three beautiful waterfalls and this gorgeous, clean, crystal clear, cold river made of glacier water, and there's heart, and the people are so... um, kind. And so what I did in locating my business there was that my husband and I 
really brought our um, path of life and work together and and we don't have to, so that we don't have to live separate lives where we kind of like go to a job and uh, do that all day and then come home and try to live a whole second magical existence. So what we do is we um, travel, we sell crystals. We, we are living in a rural area, so we do a lot of different things. We pet sit, um, we, and, and we get to know these like amazing animals, dogs, cats, goats, chickens of, of this county. We, um, all my husband is a musician, and so he goes and he plays with a couple different bands. And then, of course, I teach and I do my readings, and all those things are done both in person and at a distance. But the shop is called the Sacred Well, and the company is called the Sacred Well. And it's sort of like when the bank said, well, what is this company? Like, what is your industry? We kind of <laughs> looked at each other, and we said, well, this is the company that whole, is the container for all the different things we do. Um, so, like, I lead pilgrimages. I've, I've got a pilgrimage coming up to Mexico City for Day of the Dead, and I have um, a pilgrimage that just got filled going to the Glastonbury Goddess Conference next year. So that's sort of the travel portion. I take uh, groups on pilgrimages, and I just provide for the ease of their experience. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily teaching. It's more that I'm just getting to be present and um, enjoy their experience of a new place. And then for my readings, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm not really predicting the future as much as I'm telling people what they already know in certain cases, but maybe have been afraid to admit to themselves. And in other cases, I am kind of just pulling out things that the cards say, well, you know, you know, um, mm-hmm. the cards will t- tell you something. So I do that there. But it's interesting. I've been really trying to think, like, what is my job title at the Sacred Well? And it's like, well, you know, Turo reader, teacher, tour guide, pilgrim, mystic, maker of stuff, pet, pet nanny. Uh, really, I'm, I'm, like a, I'm like a person who just walks beside you while you do the thing, whatever the thing is that you need to do. That's sort of what I'm, I've come to. So I have a whole store full of tools that will help people do that. I make potions and we sell crystals and that kind of thing. And then I also have, you know, my services. And it, it, and then my husband is a musician and a brilliant one, and I get to enjoy his joy. So it's, that's sort of what the Sacred Well is about. It's a company of lots of stuff. <laughs> And lots of stuff that is uh, really interesting, that are really interesting. And uh, I love that you touch on about the indigenous people of that area of the United States. Promise you to whoever is listening today, I promise you I read the most uh, ignorant thing not too long ago. And I know you're going to, I mean, I'd rather laugh instead of crying. Um, that somebody was complaining about the Latinization of Los Angeles and they were afraid that the state was going to end up with a Latin name. You mean like it used to be? (laughs) Like it is, Los Angeles? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) I mean, like, people don't even realize you're spending on old Mexico and... You know, it's it's just this uh, political environment that we are living right now. And um, 
you know, some people have said, well, you're a witch. You have a podcast. You're not supposed to talk about politics. And I'm like, I'm a witch and I'm a, I have a podcast. That's exactly what I'm supposed to be talking about is politics and the ridiculousness of what we are living right now and how they are so adamantly trying to separate us and we're not going to let that happen. We are going to be together and we're going to fight with each other for, I mean, we're going to fight together for each other, whether you did the blackout or no, whether you put your face on Facebook or a black square or whether you uh, claim a me too or why I didn't report or you don't, we're still going to fight for femmes, for everyone that identifies as female and for every human in the world, but most likely, most at this moment for the people that are being suffering and all these disenfranchised people. So I appreciate those pilgrimages and, and the work that you're doing there and showing the people, look, this is where ancient people walked before you. And this is a sacred land. And, you know, to live on that sacredness and to recognize that, uh, and they are gone. I, I have a kick every time they say, oh, the Mayans are gone, the Aztecs are gone. And I'm like, what do you all think that we are? Because right. <laughs> we just... We just materialize. Poof, we just materialize from thin air, you know. Uh, no, the Mayans, the Mayans aren't gone. The Aztecs aren't gone. The Navajos aren't gone. The Shuks aren't gone. The the Lakotas aren't gone. And we are all brothers and sisters, and we're all here. So we now yeah, call I mean, each other something different. It would be very difficult for the um, Mayan shaman that I've been following for the past almost decade online who's coming next month to teach here in Mount Shasta. It would be very difficult for her to come if they were all gone. She's right? not gone. She's right there. She's actually yeah. one of the very few people who has um, gotten to have deep, deep uh, a study of the Popol Vuh and she has done a lot of work on it. I mean, like we can't write her out and, and we shouldn't write anyone out. I think that's that's exactly no. the, the point of, of this. I had a woman come into the shop and say, which, well, you know, some people say you shouldn't bring that here because this is a Christian town. And I said, well, actually, it's a Native American town, and they yes. weren't Christian. And uh-huh. then she kind of looked at me, and, and fortunately she was, she was in complete agreement and understanding and, um, you know, immediately was like, oh, yeah, I, yeah you're right. And um, but the the Shasta, uh, the Karuk, and the Wintu, Winnemem Wintu people, are people of this land, and I think that there are more than that. But those are the three names that I hear the most often here, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, I'm really excited because actually, in our county, um, Siskiyou County, um, chief of the Winnemem Wintu tribe, Kaleen Sis. It's a matriarchal tribe or a matrilineal tribe. She is the chief, and she is now running for state assembly. So think about how incredible it will be when she wins, and then there's actual representation of someone who's got generations upon generations of experience Mm -hmm. on this land with these ways and the ways of – I mean – like, I, I won't go much longer, but I will just say, you know, because I, I don't want to dominate, but I, I do want to just say, like, 
there have been years of debate about how the forests here are handled by the Forest Service because the indigenous people of this land had methods for doing quick burns to reduce the risk of massive roaring forest fires. So now we mm-hmm. are multiple years deep in these massive roaring forest fires because of the way the land has been managed by the colonizers who took it over. So mm-hmm. if we had somebody in assembly who can speak to that reality, who can go back to the wisdom of the fire keepers here and bring that awareness into the government so that maybe that can change. I mean, I think it benefits everybody and it especially benefits the animals whose uh, territory is dwindling. One of the number one things that has been difficult about putting out these fires recently in Northern California has been firefighters encountering bears. Mm-hmm. That makes it difficult to get in there and fight a fire because the bears have nowhere to go. So I feel like this woman is just like a really fantastic hope for our area, our really, really rural area. It's been downgraded actually from rural to frontier. And I'm all for seeing A, women's leadership, B, the leadership of specifically women of color, and C, indigenous leadership at the state level. So I just want to put that plug in because in case anyone's listening, you know, from the area, I'm super excited about her and what she's doing. Remind us her name, please. Chief Colleen, C-A-L-E-E-N, and her last name is Sisk, S-I-S-K, and the county here is Siskiyou County. So her wow. name and the county's name are one root. It's meant to be. <laughs> that is so I brilliant. I am like praying yeah. for it. So, yeah. yeah. So I do feel like that's part of my, my job and in having a business here is to point to these, you know, these women who are ascending into leadership. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that, um, you know, to, to be able to say, yes, we're witches, but we are not your grandmother's witches that uh, we're just (laughs) healing the town by doing, making potions. We are also witches that are talking about political issues and, we are move on. We have moved on with the times. I mean, the the whole witch's persecution was nothing but a political sham, and it still is. It still is. I mean, the people that are yeah. um, the survivors that are talking about rape. I, I mean, this is the most horrible witch hunt that we've seen in modern times. And if we don't speak up as witches, uh, then what are we made of? And and I understand and I get it with a lot of people, with a lot of femme and women and people of color that don't want to speak up because they don't want to put a target on their back. I get it because we have been ostracized the most. But those who have the privilege and those who have the voice and those that can put that privilege to use for the community it is amazing that are raising up and they're raising their hands and they're saying no more. And it's given a lot of people courage to come out and to fight. And also to remind that we can take turns so people don't burn out. Please, no pun intended on that phrase. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we can take, yeah. take turns and we can take care of each other. And part of it is 
visibility and and representation you know i have had i mean the stories i can tell you how people have said to me like oh there is no native americans in mexico and i'm like what are you talking about our dna is 87 percent native especially on female and on women and femme uh identified folks that are our dna is is um i I always remember the number because it's such a peculiar number, 78 to 87% native. And the genoma for the nativo, for the native people in the Americans is completely different from anybody else. So when a group of people still has 87% of their DNA and the farther you go south in so Mexico's North America and then Central America, South America, the farther you go south, the higher the percentage. So, no, we're, we're still here and we're going to fight and, I mean, rape and abuse and all that stuff. It's been happening for, for years and years and years. So it's good that now, it's not good that it's happening, but it's a good thing that is being talked about even more now. So everybody stop and listen. Wow, but moving on into um, some other subjects, let's. Uh, I think this is the perfect time to take a musical break. Don't you? Don't you guys agree, uh, Jesha and uh, Rosemarinus? Sounds good. Yeah, yeah let's go. Absolutely, we're gonna go my dear. To a musical break, and we come back to talk more about the International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic. Um, I, I still need more teasers about your work. I know Rosemarie has mentioned a little bit about what she's doing. But since we are uh, talking about the multifaceted uh, magic that is Deity and the Divine Goddess, we're going to listen Deity with one of my most favorite singers that ever existed, Wendy Rule. And we'll be back with more here on Lunatic Mondays. Don't go anywhere.
Congress of Witchcraft and Magic. And we also are going to talk about Witch First North and all these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful projects that I call the Canadian invasion. Uh, <laughs> though Jesse is not uh, from Canada, but anyway, you know, I have to say something silly in this show because it's lunatic, it's lunatic Mondays. Um, just a very quick reminder of what is happening on this show on future Mondays. And for folks who speak English, for folks who speak English, on October 15th, we have a repeat show, a show that we recorded, recorded last year with uh, Circle Sanctuary Minister Sharon Stewart. She's a dead midwife, and she gave us an amazing show on uh, dead midwifery last year. And it is just fitting that we repeat it in um, going towards Samhain. And that is going to be on October 15th. For folks that were here last uh, couple of shows, I have advanced on my um, education with uh, minister, ministers in training for Circle Century. And I have to be absent from our show one Monday every month. So you will have a repeat show once a month for, I don't know, it's probably going to be a year. But these shows are amazing and they are well, well worth it that you come and listen to them. And one of those is this amazing show with uh, Circle Minister Sharon Stewart about dead midwifery. And that is going to be on the 15th of October. And for folks who speak English also on the 29th of October, we will have Monica Budersky, we will have Carolina Moore and yours truly doing tarot readings. It's going to be a tarot and divination night in English on the 29th of October. And for folks who speak Spanish or want to learn Spanish, why not? We will have uh, another show about the International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic, but this time on Spanish, with obviously Ness Bosch, the mind behind the whole project, and my dear friend and colleague and mentor, Christian Ortiz. So they are going to be here on October 8th, talking about the International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic. And then on October 22nd, we will have the Spanish version of the Terror Night with Carolina Moore, Bruja Neus, and yours truly, Laura Gonzalez. And that is about it, what's going to happen in October. These shows are always going to be archived. You can find them for free. You can download them on iTunes. You can download them from the Pagans Tonight Radio Network archives. And you can uh, also download them from my iBooks channel, uh, Lunatic Mondays, Lunas Lunaticos. You can also find them on my website, www.brujalauragonzalez. That is Bruja, BS and Boy, R U J A, Laura Gonzalez as my name, L A U R A G O N Z A L E Z. And uh, they are all archived in there, every single one of them, and they are all free for you to listen. We are going to be three years old. I cannot believe it. Somebody pinch me, please. On November, we will be three years old. So this little project that started with uh, <laughs> with Pamela Kelly asking me, can you do the crossover and do a show in English? And I say, I don't want to be committed a whole lot, but why don't we do one in English and one in Spanish? And here we are three years later and about a hundred and some years later, a <laughs> hundred and some shows later, 
uh, with this huge archive on shows in English and in Spanish, and it has been a wonderful, wonderful adventure. But um, that will be on November when we will be celebrating the third year anniversary. Please go to a Lunatic Mondays page, like, share, follow, and um, and listen to the oldies. Why not? They are pretty good, and you can download them, and you can keep them. But for now, I will be quiet, and I would like to welcome uh, the one the one and only beautiful, another artist and wonderful person all around, super friendly. I love her. Uh, Monica, how are you? Good evening. Thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Laura. I, it's a real pleasure to be here, and you're such a wonderful, friendly lady, too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, and I would like to welcome back Jesha Matthews. Hello, nice to be back. I loved that Wendy Rule song. Isn't it wonderful? Oh my God, she is so amazing. I totally fangirled in front of her when I met her. I think I scared her, and I will never get over <laughs> how embarrassing that was. That I I scream, Oh my God, it's Wendy Rule, and she looked at me like, What's going on with this lady? <laughs> she is sure she- otherworldly, otherworldly. She is. She is magical. Uh, and I also would like to welcome back uh, another wonderful work or art of art, a walk and talk and art work. Uh, Rosemary Nostella, my dear Raw the Knife. Uh, Rod, why Raw the Knife? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I oh, always mean to ask you, and of course, there's no better time to ask you than the present. Ah, the the ever so famous nickname I received of Row the Knife. Um, yeah, it's definitely a Jack the Ripper reference for sure. My my <laughs> history goes back to an extremely deep relationship with the horror genre since childhood, mm-hmm. and um, that absolutely charming song Mac the Knife that pays homage to. The legacy of Jack the Ripper that, you know, all tongue-in-cheek and and also showy uh, as that song was, for some reason somehow got transferred onto my name. Rather than Mac the Knife, it became Row the Knife. I can't even remember who dubbed me that. So long ago, it's it's like a a childhood thing that it kind of stuck with me as a um, an endearing throwback to my my dark past <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful my you dark know, past I say it as if it's a thing of the past of course I mean right it's hilarious but um the multifaceted worlds that come together in our adult years that manage to uh, find an endearing place in the labyrinth of ourselves so I think that's all I can say about that I think a uh, uh, nickname stays put once your husband starts or, or your partner starts calling you that. And my husband has been calling me Blue Witch for a number of years now. So he's like, okay, I guess that's my name now. <laughs> I actually have another recollection of my mother often referring to me as a snake. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. I hope so, it wasn't veering. Um, <laughs> it was actually because it, it's just being the witch that I am, um, I always had an extremely independent streak and explored the mysteries out on my own. So she used to be very liberal with the snake in the grass 
reference. Mm. Mm. And I kind of slithering off wonderful. doing my own thing. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I've always wanted to ask you, and of course, it had to be on the radio when I actually <laughs> remembered to ask you. Thank you well, for you playing. Know, thank you so much for <laughs> for your playfulness. I think it's extremely important in the midst of such serious topics that we're talking about. I did yes, want ma'am. to backtrack, though, yes. briefly in the importance of witchcraft and empowerment. I mean, you cannot separate the multidimensional worlds of magic, uh, the mundane, and all of the veils in between, which is an extremely deep reason for um, walking my martial arts as a spiritual practice. It's a part of my magical and occult work. And it is also a very deep calling for me to enable sacred space in which people can find uh, their voice to empower themselves and to understand that they are a vehicle of greater forces of the multiverse in this um, realm of smoke and mirrors that we walk through called society. So one of the things that is very important to me is to uh, facilitate spaces in which people can uh, come home to themselves. It's the reason why I... Uh, teach women's self-defense in the Shaolin modality, as well as um, teach Qigong uh, to promote mindfulness and centered self-understanding. All of that fits into the multidimensional consciousness that I find um, operates in the world of a magical practitioner. And that segues easily into which fest north for me when I had the honor of having Monica Badursky reaching out to me to bring the occult art and rock and roll to the witch fest north via connections to the music and art world in Toronto. It was not even a question for me. It was mm-hmm. an immediate understanding of service that came to my mind, and I'm honored to be a part of it. So... It's perfect timing that you're here, Monica, to expand upon the diversity that drives our Witchfest North vision so passionately. Yes, please, wow. Monica. We want to we want to <laughs> hear about it. And and before, uh, I don't want to interrupt the flow of beautiful poetic rosemarinas, but there comes the spider again, and to weave in these relationships and weave in this tapestry of magic of women together uh, unstoppable Monica please take it on well thank you very much Um, those were some beautiful words uh, Rosemary and I appreciate that very much and it's certainly why uh, you were invited to assist us with Witchfest North and our vision of uh, building a very inclusive and diverse community that um, encompasses witches, Wiccans, pagans, uh, any earth-based spirituality, root workers. uh, It's it's kind of an onerous undertaking to create a a large space and a container for the entire month of October. But this is only our second year, and I've had such a positive response from uh, our our quick launch last year that it's uh, I feel very supported in this. And there's so many people who are looking after separate events uh, within the umbrella 
of Witchfest North. It's it's wonderful. We all have different ways of practicing. We all have different relationships to spirit and deity. Um, and I think we've come to a point where we need to be a very strong and united community regardless of our individual practices. I think it's kind of habit for uh, us, at least here in Toronto, in a large city from my perspective, to kind of silo and become a little cut off from one another and get so used to our routines that sometimes we can forget there's there's so many people who've been doing this much longer than us there's younger people who want to find a point of access into practicing and we need to keep our conversations and our knowledge um in a shared space and in a safe space so i'm hoping that which fast north is contributing to that in some way i've certainly made so many unbelievable connections with people and I'm learning a whole lot here, I'll tell you. It's, it's quite a big undertaking, but I, I think we're, we're rolling. We had our soft launch this evening in a park not too far from here, even though it was a bit drizzly and cool. And it was a very good uh, this Thursday. So, yeah, that's a little bit about the, uh, about the festival. So thank you very much for uh, having me introduce it. And thank you, Rosemary. Thank you. And thank you for being here, Monica. I know you're probably uh, running from the soft opening, but tell us uh, what are all the events and how many days are we, can we have the opportunity to go and mingle with all these wonderful, magical people here and there in Toronto? Oh, yes. Well, you know, we've got the entire month uh, running uh, events so right from October 1st to October 31st and I should say that we're working in collaboration with a a group here called Women's Spirit Festival a wonderful uh, group that holds a retreat annually and we are also a pre-parliamentary event for the Parliament of the World's Religions which is being held here in Toronto and I've had the good fortune to be representing uh, witches in the pagan delegation uh, on a panel, so I'm, I'm quite thrilled with that. So it sort of started with Toronto Pagan Pride Day uh, just yesterday as their own event, and Witchfest North runs from October 1st to the 31st, and then the uh, Parliament runs from November 1st to 7th. And within our festival, we have... Uh, a kickoff party, as I mentioned on Thursday, with music and art and um, brochures and a meet and greet, too. We have an ancestor walk uh, with uh, international psychic Betty Jane Ware, and um, she's also a practitioner. That'll be in our Mount Pleasant Cemetery. And that's sort of an honoring ritual, not only a land recognition of the First Peoples, but uh, of settler culture as well, and honoring all of our ancestors. We go into a dark moon divination week at the Dark Horse Espresso Bar. We have different tarot readers uh, within that coffee shop uh, each night uh, because there's something about coffee and tarot that just seems to go well together. Um, and so uh, working with Elise East, um, she's also managed to help us put tarot readers in various coffee shops throughout Toronto, and I think that that is one of, uh, one of our signature events we're holding a witch's ball, the Toronto Witch's Ball, at the Lula Lounge. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have um, Rosemary Stelic, 
uh, assist me with uh, seeing and hosting that event. Um, we go into it's going to be so exciting. <laughs> we're going to have a blast, I'm Rosemary. So it's like we're going to go into some crazy improv on stage. Right now. Oh, there's going to be some serious uh, conjurations going on there. I think the energy is going to be quite intense. I think yeah, so, yes. and then we go into the vendors and workshops on the 13th and 14th, and there's some incredible workshops um, from a variety of practitioners bringing in um, their own cultural viewpoints of herbalism. Uh, we have uh, a gentleman talking about uh, Sara Ikali, the Romani um, patron goddess, and it's it's a jam-packed weekend. Let me tell you, that's a big one. We also have a, a tattoo artist set up, uh, two or three actually, to uh, give people some witchy flash tats on the spot, so that, that's going to be loads of fun. And then we go into the Wickedly Divine uh, Divination Parlor, which is a one-day event with uh, several speakers um, talking about crystal scrying and tarot reading, and we have readers and vendors there as well. And then we roll right into our Grimoires, Witchcraft and Storytelling Art Exhibition, which is being held at a gallery right in our downtown core. It's called Beaver Hall Gallery. And uh, we're having um, uh, Morgana Sidivy give us a talk in Etruscans and early Wiccan uh, storytelling. And that's on Wednesday, October 24th, which we timed with the full moon ritual. So it's going to be quite the gallery opening. And uh, the closing witch walk and silent ceremony is uh, we're going to stir up a little bit of dust, I think. We're going to carry our banner and we're going to walk from uh, Wonder Workshop on Baldwin to um, the back of our um, Eaton Center. There's a labyrinth, an outdoor labyrinth there. And uh, Catherine Starr will be holding uh, the silent ceremony. So it's uh, honoring ancestors. It's kind of closing Witchfest North. But it's also uh, an opening ritual for the Parliament of the World's religion uh, so uh, we've got all sorts of stuff happening in every single one of those, as well as um, people holding their own events in separate shops. So I encourage people to come by on Thursday and at least pick up a brochure. There's a beautiful map drawn there by um, an author and uh, urban geographer named Daniel Rothstein, and he's, he's done an incredible work with this map of Toronto and numbered locations for all the places that are listed in our brochure. I've been so fortunate. I have to give a big thank you to everyone who's assisted because there's just no way I could have done this on my own. This is just craziness here. So having over 30, 40 volunteers, it's it's just been such um, a wonderful thing to see people coming together and, and giving so freely and really paying it forward. No cliches. People are just donating so much of their time and energy. Uh, it's just making this such a beautiful space. Thank you to everyone that is donating and to everyone that is uh, involved somehow. And thank you. I want to say publicly thank you to Monica for coming back today. Kind of a, in a rush and very quickly segment to talk about which first north because our show is was the first casualty of me moving on on my training with circle sanctuary 
And she was supposed to be here for a whole show on September 17th. And this is Monica, the very first and only, I hope, fingers crossed. This is the very first time I had to cancel on a guest. And I was so embarrassed that that all had to happen for a good reason, of course. And I am very, very thankful that you were able to call us tonight and to talk about this wonderful project and um, that you're going to be present on the Parliament of the World Religions, representing all of us from all the walks of witchery, everybody coming out of the cauldron, uh, being represented there by you is, is such an honor. And thank you for being here on the show. And of course, we invite you to stay for the remaining of the show, well, we still have about 45 minutes to be here, but uh, we wish you nothing but success on this wonderful adventure. And as you were, um, as you were listing all the events and, and etc., I was thinking, I wonder if she's ever going to do online teaching. Because if you ever want to do an online presentation, hi, <laughs> you know, that's what yeah. I could do. <laughs> to be part That's a wonderful to, idea. You know, yeah. to have a little bit of a, a piece of the pie with Witchfest Nor because it sounds wonderful. And know that uh, we will be walking there with you on the streets of Toronto. Uh, our spirit will be with you all. Uh, celebrating and representing and of course uh, Monica you're more than welcome to stay and uh, to pull Thank a you. card for towards the end of the show if you if you want to do uh, sure. participate on our on our tarot um, reading for the week I am spoiled now because I have all of you so if every single one of you wants to pull a tarot card for the week this will be wonderful and of course our guests uh, our listeners are the ones that are going to be you know on all this bliss. Speaking of, of our uh, listeners, I want to say thank you to Salji, to Narda Yagai, to Lourdes Santiago, and to all of the guests who are listening, who are now participating in the chat. Also to everyone who is listening live, but they are not in the chat room. And also to everyone that would listen later when this is on a podcast form and it could be streamed anywhere in the world. And uh, going back a little bit about the original project that got us all together, thank you, Ness, thank you, Christian, going back to talk about the International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic, uh, my dear Jeshi, uh, Jesha, I would like to see if you can give us a little bit of a teaser, or a deeper teaser, if you will, of what is what you are presenting for this uh, International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic. Thank you. Well, I will um, share that I have two classes that I've submitted. One is um, the class that's um, open, you know, to the public, and it's um, a class called Woman, Shaman, Priestess, and it's about tools and um, different uh, items that are sacred to uh, the priestess lineages, as well as to shamanic lineages. So one of the things that really interests me, you know, when people ask me, like, what do I identify as, like a witch, a pagan, you know, but also like a Buddhist or, you know, any of the other paths that I've studied, I'm always like, well, I don't really identify with any one religion. I identify with the very few things that they have in common. 
So there are very few things. There's these like few items that you find across the world. And I share a little bit in the lecture about um, where you find them and the context of their Mm -hmm. use, how uh, people have used them historically, maybe, um, you know, it's just a little anecdotal information about, about each tool. And out of the formal training I do called Woman, Shaman, Priestess um, that Ro referenced earlier, um, there's a 12-month series and there's 12 different tools that we study. But um, for the Congress, I chose three and I'm not going to tell you what they are. I want because I want people to go and listen if you're curious. Um, of course. But you know, but um, I thought maybe you know I would just choose the three and just give a little taste about each, uh, so that people can just sort of see their you know their usage and and how widespread it is. Because really, to me, that inspires my heart when I see like, look at these people figured this out and these people figured it out and those people over there adapted it, but still we're doing that thing. And, you know, to see like, I don't know, it's like the sort of popcorn of human intelligence, how these things arise all over the world. And then how in some cases they're shared and in other cases they're, you know, still viewed very separately. So anyway, that's a little bit about what I'm doing there. And then I'm also offering a masterclass, um, in honey magic so different magics you can do using honey and different um, things that you can make and different ways you can use honey that will also be similar to the the previous class I was describing where I look at a lot of different um, traditions and ways that honey is used all over the world throughout history and we get to learn a little bit about our ancestors, our global ancestors, and the people who came before us, as well as contemporary practitioners and what they're doing. And then there will be a couple of key workings that I'll be sharing as part of that training uh, that I'll talk more about, about my own personal use of honey and honey magic as a priestess of Aphrodite and a devotee and um, agent, child of Oshun, I have a particular relationship with honey magic that I like to bring out every once in a while if it's the right time. And it was feeling like it was the right time. There's a global, um, sort of a, a global movement to save the bees because we know that where the bees go, we go mm-hmm. in terms of our food and our cultures and our uh, overall health as a planet and so I feel like when I bring this up and I'm able to show look this is really sacred and it's been held really really sacred by so many people and they can't be wrong so why don't we all get on board with this I feel like that's a little it's like a little thing I can try to do you know it's just like my own small thing I, I don't I don't mm-hmm. have enough to save them all but right I, I can do this like one small thing so I just try to make honey magic and awareness about honey and what goes into it part of my work. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't reference that I've learned a lot from Heather Koser, who maybe someday you would love to have on the show. She is a priestess and she has a pollinator project called Women with Weeds. 
and um, I've learned so much from her about pollinators and how they are. So I'll be sharing a little bit of work from her. She's like my guru in the world Mm -hmm. of pollinators. Um, So I would be remiss if I didn't give her a little credit for, for inspiring it. So that's what I'm talking about, honey and magic. And before that, the tools of women, shamans, and priestesses worldwide. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for going a little bit deeper into this teaser. And I know there's also going to be a grimoire. And I was wondering, my dear Rose Marinus, if that essay that you're sending is part of a collaboration for the grimoire, or is it going to be a class? Uh, which is the format that you are going to be part of on the uh, International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic? Well, um, the essay that I offered started out with a personal um, trance work and working, a deeper Babylon working that happened, as I mentioned, in 2016, which was then followed by the essay, which is a celebration, a little bit on the academic side of meditating upon the current of Babylon as an empowering archetype and portal to liberate humanity um, from the stagnation and uh, oppression of hierarchical Osirian um, modalities that this society is very much based on, which essentially thinking in terms of the few that lead the masses. Um, So my essay is very much concentrating on uh, Salimic values of personal liberation and self-knowing through union with Babylon as an empowering force of the future that shall, within the Aeon of Horus, unleash a greater empowered um, embodiment of 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 the human soul in thought and expression and will. Um, I get pretty deeply into my experience with Babylon as a force that claims things that are taboo in our world, the way in which women relate to their bodies, the way in which that translates in terms of sexuality in our world, and how it is imperative for women to reclaim very taboo archetypes that have been relegated to the shadows. So my essay is very much dealing with meditation, both academic and and uh, magical upon aspecting Babylon as well as reflecting upon her mythos. Um, And that part will be in the grimoire as an example of how one can internalize these empowering archetypes to free their soul in the midst of um, whatever bondage one feels one is living in, whether it be um, feeling bound to a society that is one-dimensional and in need of a deeper unleashing of of the human spirit and imagination to free the soul into its exalted state of personal expression, or uh, to rekindle 
the deep primal force of the the great goddess, whatever that feminine current of the cosmos means to you, to invoke that, to embody that, and to retell those stories, rewrite the rituals, uh, resurrect the rituals that allow those um, archetypes of empowerment to vibrate very profoundly and physically in our day-to-day life. My essay is floating around all those things. This is a tiny little example of... (laughs) (laughs) I'm very much devoted to an extremely intense dark force of the goddess that is considered taboo because it is forbidden. It is forbidden for most women to accept and to embody and to unleash these visceral archetypes that are very much alive in the subterranean uh, dimensions of our souls, yearning to tear to shreds the current paradigm that does not speak for the true exalted state of the human soul, in my personal mm-hmm. opinion. So mm-hmm. my essay is very much fiercely focused on almost like a rally cry to embrace Babylon and just let the tsunami be unleashed. I'm very inspired by the writings of, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, Marjorie Cameron as well as uh, Jack Parsons. I won't really speak too deeply into it. It would be something that would that people would find it very inspiring to look into if they're not familiar with the Salimic history of their uh, of those two extremely potent individuals in history. Uh, Marjorie Cameron very much embodies the spirit of the work that I see uh, active in my personal life, which is the uh, transmuting visions of of. Uh, a very deep occult female voice tapping into um, primal power. Um, much more complex than that, but just as something to touch upon. Um, and she was very much drawn to Jack Parsons, who is an extremely charismatic, uh, salemic scientist, explorer, magician, I can go on, who more or less... Um, channeled what is often referred to as an additional book of the law in which the voice of Babylon speaks directly to him, Mm -hmm. uh, basically calling forth the rise of the current of Babylon within the Aeon of Horus that will surpass um, the age of the... um, the conquering child. So it's this whole deepening of the feminine force rising to tear asunder an extremely limited uh, paradigm that is extremely boxy and keeps the human soul um, weighed down and removed mm-hmm. from its higher potential. Um if you get a chance to read it, it is uh, extremely inspiring, an ex- inspiring battle cry to the witches of the future, to the magicians, to the to the um, the women that are unafraid to be the embodiment of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
an extension of concepts of the Whore of Babylon as envisioned in the Book of Revelations beyond that, more as a force that is going to hold the flag up for a feminist wave of revolution that shall tear society apart as we know it, and I find that extremely exciting. And I think that is exactly where we are entering as society. Um, to quote dear Byron Ballard, she keeps saying that we are in the tower times. I think we are, I, I, I agree, but I digress one card before. I think we are still in between the devil and the tower and that there is still more light that needs to be bring into the darkness and there is more darkness that needs to be dig out and we certainly need to take out the trash and we are taking out the trash but there is more and I think we need to keep scratching and scratching and scratching deeper into our personal darkness and it is such a enticing invitation and I really invite everyone that hasn't got in touch with their dark side to please visit that wonderful room because it is the key to happiness as paradoxical as it might sound and as mysterious as it might sound your dark room is where happiness is hiding so as a collective I can see how we need to go into that dark room also to bring forth some kind of earth so we can breathe again and and we can be again, you know, as as femmes in the world. Thank you so much, my dear Ro. And well, you're welcome. Ooh. And I hope that um, it it really does spark um, individuals to be unafraid of delving mm-hmm. into that deeper shadow work current of the feminine principle of the multiverse. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rosmarinas. And let me share with you very quickly, I am part of this uh, amazing International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic, and I am more into the practicality of things. I have this little joke that say, I'm a probated witch. I have no time for <laughs> you know, nonsense. I am portraying on the grimoire part of it with uh, both versions of three different spells, and they are both written by yours truly in English and Spanish. And I will be on a class on an audio about um, elemental method of manifestation that is going to be in Spanish and in English to be determined. I think I'm leaning more towards prosperity and abundance. Uh, That is something that I have been teaching for a number of years now. Um, However, it might be about feminism and uh, the witch tapping into the dark side and raising her voice. I'm still undecided about what uh, will be my English uh, contribution on an audio. And I also will be uh, presenting a master class on psychic abilities and divination so don't forget this international congress of witchcraft and magic kicks off on november on october 28 and i know we still have uh monica Badursky on the line we still have jesha matthews and we of course still have rosemary nostalic but i would like to welcome the four a's of this uh 
poker hand tonight, my all-star team. I would like to welcome Kari Taring. My dear Kari, mm. how are you? Well, hello, hello. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. Uh, we're so happy to have you tonight on this all-star lineup, of course. And we had already talked about the International Congress of Witchcraft and Magic. We have talked about Witchfest North. And we are ready to have news, whether good or not so good. <laughs> I hope they're good. <laughs> uh, the news that you bring from the ruins for today, but without, before going straight, strictly into business, how have you been, my dear friend? Well, I've been very, very well. I just uh, got back from Minot, North Dakota. I uh, was there for a week um, at Norsk Host Fest, which is this big uh, Scandinavian festival. And I was doing, I was part of the Viking encampment, and I was doing rune readings and doing um, uh, music um, and explaining uh to the the people the participants there um about old Norse spiritual traditions so it was really lovely it was well received i got to work with some sami women and that was really really uh wonderful um from norway and um from trumso which is a uh, way up north and um it was really it was lovely um the people were really receptive. Um, I think people are really excited to um, sort of know what's underneath the veneer of their heritage. You know, what, what, how do we go deeper um, than Lefsa and the things that uh, seem to describe Norwegians? Uh, and the runes, of course, is at the, the very deepest root Mm-hmm. what it is to be Nordic uh, and Northern European. So. so it is as always a treat to have you here. And I would like to thank you as always for being here because you don't have to be here every time you're live on a show, but it is a treat and it is a wonderful gift to have you every time. And as I always say, tell my uh, public to listen to this show, if you want your runes read, you might want them read by the person who wrote the book on runes. So there <laughs> she is. Thank you so much, Kari Taring. Uh Just a quick reminder, please, where people can find your book and your work and uh, find you for a private session, perhaps. Sure. You can go straight to my website, karitaring.com, and um, just even Googling my name, you'll find... Um, the book, I also, the book was turned into an app for iPhone. And so you can give yourself readings on my app and you can listen to me chant the different pronunciations on the app. And it's The Rune's A, the Rune's a Deeper Journey. Uh, so, and you can find links to all of that on my website, karitaoring.com. Thank you so much, Kari. And since we have this wonderful group of beautiful uh, talented witches and magicians and shamans and magic all around magic people mm-hmm. I will say why don't we keep the treat a little limited for the public <laughs> you all are going to sure. have 
five readings tonight. So perhaps wow. one rune, one rune, yep. and I will pull one tarot card, and then I will do it in alphabetic order with the remaining uh, ladies. So we will have Monica Budersky next, and then Rosemary Selig, and then Jasha Matthews at the end. If that sits well with everybody, uh, I will give you, Kati, the floor so you can do the room reading for tonight. Thank you. Well, I was thinking here, it is the beginning of October, and what is the rune that will help with pulling us into this autumn, this deep autumn energy? And I wound up drawing Nauthes, the rune of need, need fire, constriction. Um, I think that it's going to be a very difficult autumn. I think people need to be really careful to um, write a write down what the the difference between needs and wants. Um, it's a good time to save your money. It's a good time to put away your vegetables and your you know put your as you're putting your gardens to bed or um, maybe finishing up summer projects. Um, be very careful of what you say yes to. Uh, just. Hold space for yourself because your needs are going to be a little bit um, higher or more um, pronounced than you might have thought. Um, And I think that's a good thing because it really hones us and keeps us sharp uh, to be in communion with our, our need, our deep need. So that is the rune for this week. Thank you so much, Kari. I had left myself muted for a second there. Thank you so much, Kari. Oh. Don't go don't go anywhere, please, because towards the end of the show in about ten minutes, I'm gonna ask you to give us one word. Uh, we're going to put a collective intention for tonight for the political environment that we are living in this country and the world. So I will ask you to please think about one word that is going to be your added intention to tonight's uh, energy that we're going to raise. You know about this. I'm just bringing this on you. So stay on the line, please, Kari. <laughs> think about the okay. one word you want to use and don't go anywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you as always for being part of the show. And I will hold you there for just a, a couple more minutes, please. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. And we are now going with Miss Wonderful Monica Budersky. Monica, if you have uh, one card, one oracle, please let us know what you are using for tonight's uh, reading for the public. Hmm, I'm using one of my older decks. It's an absolute fave. It's the Morgan Greer Tarot. And I was emptying my mind here to see what kind of a month we're going to have for the season of the witch in October. And I pulled the Ace of Pentacles. So the Ace of Pentacles is reminding us that we are being given gifts of bounty in this harvest season. Uh, it is a gift from spirit of security, uh, whether that is physical or financial, um, the the scene in this card is just looking out into an expanse of an ocean, which speaks of all the potential and a very hopeful card um, and new beginnings. I, I think rather than viewing 
a fall as a closing sometimes and, and the death, we, we need to be reminded that it's a time of rebirth as well. And for some of us going underground a little bit and doing those uh, soul journeys and a lot of that deep work. But I think this sets the tone for October. Thank you so much, uh, Monica. And thank you for being on the show. You were wonderful. Thank you for coming back on the 29th to do more readings. And I will ask you the same thing that I asked Kari to please think about one word of intention to send out tonight to all the women and femme out there that are needing um, our energy at this moment. And just stay put, please. And I will mute you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And I will give now the microphone to dear Ro. Uh, where are you? Where are you? There you are. Dear Ro, if you want to grace us with your divination for tonight. Well, I had so much excitement to pull something that I divided my deck into both the major and minor arcana. And I decided to pull one from the minor and one from the major very quickly. I am blown away, Monica, because I too pulled the Ace of Pentacles. So this is quite auspicious. <laughs> yes, it is. That's a very interesting alignment there. Um, I think it kind of speaks for itself, Monica, very eloquently expressed the spirit of the Ace of Pentacles, and that resonates deeply for me. And profoundly, given what I've been talking about, when I pulled uh, the Atu or the of the Major Arcana, I ended up pulling the Aeon, <laughs> which is just incredible. I'm using the uh, the Toast deck. I'm using Crowley's Toast deck, and I pulled forth card 20, the Aeon, for which I think there's a statement under the uh, card that must be read, that really speaks of this, uh, the spirit of this program of the International Congress as well as Witchfest North. And I will express, as it's read, be every act an act of love and worship, be every act a fiat of a God, a source of radiant glory. I think that kind of wraps it up. Thank you so much, Ro. And uh, I would not repeat the instructions about holding one word on your mind. Thank you so much for being on the show, uh, for bringing your poetry and your magic and, and your art. I am always in awe of your wonderful mind. Thank you for being on the show. And I will Thank you, mute my you. Thank you. I will mute you for a second here, and I will proceed to give the floor to Jesha Matthews. And my dear, uh, what are you using tonight to divine us with your divination skills? Well, tonight I brought out the Weaver's Oracle Journey Cards and Travel Guide by Carolyn Hillier, which I got while I was in the UK, and it's so magical and special and she's written such beautiful um, explanations of the cards that I'm drawing a card and I'm just going to read what she has said about her own card and the card is number 21 the element is wind 
weathered woman of the twisted hazel. And here's a, a part of what she wrote. She summons raw joy to the land. So I think that's very interesting because that's very much how I see the Ace of Pentacles is, you know, that calling of raw joy, you know, planting the seeds, getting your hands in the dirt, overcoming, um, you know, they say that getting dirt under your fingernails overcomes depression. So like getting out there, putting your hands in the dirt, planting a seed. And right now is about the time when we plant our bulbs or put out the things that need to go in the ground before the freeze comes so that they will be present in the spring. Seems really important to just note that, but here's what she said. We Thank you. I'll just, I don't know if I don't know if maybe I got cut off, but I'll just try and read it. Yes, uh, just a second, Jeshi. Uh You got cut off for a second, so if you could start from the beginning for what you were reading, please. Oh, sure, sure, of course. We have been pulled by warm breezes out of our dreams. We have been enticed by trembling sunbeams from our beds. We know this oldest magic is tenderly held. We enter the dance on pale curls of light that are looping through the dawn. And once we have accepted the morning's invitation to join this glittering dance, our exhilaration will swiftly escalate and barely be contained. Perhaps we prepared for this day by planting or by tattooing green serpent coils all around our limbs. Or maybe we anticipated it by dressing in woven nettle, small feathers and bright rags. But in any case, the wildness is upon us before we know it. Even as we step out into the quickening year, we are rocked by urgent stirrings in the belly of the land. We are glad to be barefoot dancers with life tugging at our feet, and we kick our legs into the rhythms of the rising dance. We're being filled up to the brim with impulsive freedom, reckless energy. We know this oldest magic is fearlessly held enraptured we sing we dance a right to the old bride well and around the twisted hazel we are vibrant seeds within the womb of the new day we are lit up with shimmering possibilities as our own bellies stir we call out bring through the wakening seed we welcome the urge to enter that sweet embracing stream and slide into the glistening waters we know this oldest magic is quietly held. We're absorbed into the changes that ripple to the edges of the land. And again, we shout, bring through the wakening seed. We are enveloped by the sap that rises through this ancient birthing ground. We are part of the alchemy of the spring. We have returned to the land. We are renewed. We know this oldest magic is joyfully held. Beautiful. Thank you so much, my dear Jusha. I will, um, I'm, I'm still, let me recover here for a second. <laughs> I mean, this woman, Carolyn Hillier, she just takes my breath away. You see why I had to read it. Yes, yes, it is indeed mesmerizing. Thank you so much, Jesha. Thank you for being on the show, and, and thank you for all the magic that you bring to the world. And uh, once again, please hold one word of intent for 
tonight for all the siblings that are out there and are in need of magic because ha 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 I will tell you what we're going to do before I pull my oracle for tonight tonight we're going to say goodnight with a song a chant by the by the amazing Rosemary Nostelic and this is a radius chant and she wrote and perform and channel this beautiful chant and with her magic and her song I want all of us to say our one word after we say goodnight, of course, um, to say our one word of encouragement or magic or whatever it is that you want to put out in the world and have the audience and have everyone and anyone that will listen to the show now or later to add their energy because we do in need, we do indeed need magic to keep going because these are really challenging times. Speaking of which, I'm going to go ahead and do my uh, tarot reading for tonight, courtesy of Tarot by Laura Gonzalez for Lunatic Mondays. And as a tarot card, we have the Seven of Swords. And I am not surprised because sevens are numbers of ambiguity. And a seven is asking us if the energy is going to be contained and used for us or if it's going to be projected in use towards the task that we have at hand. And this is all about keeping your assets close to you and keeping your um, integrity of thoughts and to also be a little bit cunning as the witch has to be once in a while and to do whatever it is to need to do to survive. That will be my interpretation of the seven of swords for tonight. Of course, the emotion in my part, I am really emotionally charged tonight uh, having you all here and with all that we are going through in the world. It is fantastic. I only wish we could have played that uh, poem by Fleecy, but unfortunately it didn't happen. So I have pulled another card. I have pulled the Oracle um, by Stacy DeMarco, the Halloween Oracle. And the card that we had was Midnight the most magical hour of all, she says. And I will read very quickly a paragraph from Midnight. Allow yourself to relax into the, the, into the benevolent darkness of midnight. You might feel this is your darkest hour, but know that the light will return again. The dawn always follows the darkest night. Know, too, that it is important to recognize that we all have darkness within us just as we have light and this isn't something to hide from that is the message from the halloween oracle by stacy demarco and at this moment i would like to thank all of my wonderful guests uh monica budersky rosemary nostelic jesha matthews kati totting you guys are amazing this is indeed an all-star team I have unmuted every single one of you, and if you don't mind, on, uh, I guess, once again, on alphabetic order, uh, but from bottom, from bottom to top, we're going to go this time. So, Jeshua, I will leave your, the microphones for you so you can say goodnight to your audience tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me, Laura. It was so nice to be here with you, and I am really looking forward to your contributions to the International Witches Congress. And 
I am also looking forward to our talk coming up in December about the dear mother. In the meantime, um, thank you everybody for listening and um, I'm hoping that you'll enjoy uh, my contributions to the Witches Congress. And um, if you're interested in knowing a little bit more about my work, you can visit me online at Mount Shasta, MT Shasta, goddesstemple.com or at sacredwell.com. And you can see what I'm up to there. And um, I've been really honored to be here with all of you ladies tonight, all of you so smart and so articulate, and I've been in just my joy listening to what everybody had to say. So thanks for a vibrant, vibrant conversation. Lots of love. Thank you, Jesha. And hold on to your word for the end of the show. And now we will go with uh, Ro. Uh, give you the microphone so you can say goodnight to your audience, my dear Ro. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for having me on this illustrious show, which is just the boom in my world. Um, I want to thank all of the people that are tuning in, my beloveds, the constellation of beloveds out there that have that deep, magical fire burning. I send my fiercest agape out to you. I also send my deepest gratitude out to the ancestors of Shaolin for the blessing of walking the path of Shaolin Kung Fu and being guided by Greater Chan philosophy. And I also want to thank you, Laura, uh, your profound impact on my life through your radio show, as well as the International Congress of Magic and Witchcraft for inviting me to be a part of such a profound journey on a global scale. I also want to thank Monica and Witchfest North for the privilege of the continued work of witchdom and mayhem that we continue to unleash in the big smoke known as Toronto, Ontario. May it become an international and multidimensional phenomenon. And lastly, if you want to know more about me, you're welcome to reach out to me through several uh, social media platforms, Facebook being one of them, uh, under my name, as well as Instagram, and my artist's website, uh, rosemarystellick.com. So come and find me, and uh, may you be liberated and cosmic. Thank you so much, Ro, and please keep your word in mind for later in the show. And uh, Monica Baderski, I give you the microphone. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, if you would like to say goodnight to your audience. Yes, thank you very much, Laura. Thank you so much for having me as part of your show and leaving me a little space knowing I ran back from the park for our soft opening for the festival. It's been a real honor and, and privilege to, to be here and speak with you. Um, it's, uh, your guests have shared so much of uh, their information and insights with me. It's truly appreciated. And I would just like to invite everyone who can make it to Toronto, to Witchfest North, to come out and enjoy some of uh, the events that we're holding. Um, I feel very honored, and I want to thank so many of the volunteers who've come out, including Rosemary Stellick, and so many beautiful witchy women 
um, who are supporting this this festival. Um, my heart is filled with with immense gratitude. So thank you very much for listening. And if you'd like more information or to get hold of me, I'm not too hard to find. Although Bodirsky is not the most easy uh, name to pronounce and or spell, uh, there aren't too many of us uh, with the name Monica Bodirsky on Facebook. So you can find me easily there. You can message me. I'm on Instagram under that name and also have a website uh, with my artwork, uh, monicabodierski.com. So thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much, Monica. It's been a pleasure to have you. And we're looking forward to have you towards the end of the month again, of course. And um, Jesse, I forgot, looking forward to have you also in December when you come to talk to us about the dear mother. and. Um, now I give the microphones to Kari Tarin to say goodnight to your audience. And thank you so much, as always, Kari, for being part of this show. You are already, of course, part of this show. Uh, this is your home, and I hope you feel like so. And uh, go ahead and say goodnight to your audience. Well, I sure do feel home, and thank you for having me, Laura. You're an impeccable hostess, and I'm really grateful to have been connected with you. And thanks, everybody, for listening in, and um, keep your heads up, and keep your energy up, and we will all get through this together. And uh, you can get to more information about me and contact me through my website, karitorn.com, um, and you can Google me and get videos and different things, too. So um, looking forward to to the next time we're together. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank every single one of my all-star team tonight. It was wonderful to connect for the first time with some, for the thousandth time with some. It always feels brand new because you are all amazing. Thank you, Jesh Matthews. Thank you, Rosemary Nacelli. Thank you, Monica Budersky. And thank you, Kari Tarting. Thank you to every single person who listened live and to those who will listen later on the recording. And in order to say goodbye tonight, I want to give you all the microphone one last time to give your word for intention for tonight. And right after that, we will go and listen to Rosemary Nostelic Aradia's chant. So in the order that you say goodbye, can you please say your intentional words? So Jeshi. Rosemary, Nos, Monica, Kari, and I will go last. So go ahead, Jesse. Kindness. Liberation. Go ahead, Monica. Empowerment. And go ahead, Kari. Integrity. Unity.
listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans Unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 